This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Sex. It's a bit like a secret society. Everybody's supposedly doing it. It's just that no one talks about it. I don't really think anyone's doing it either. I'll tell you about that a little bit later. But of course, I talk about it here every Sunday night on the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980, the show where we educate everyone about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath. I'm a registered nurse in the field of sexual health. I am passionate about sex. I'm also the author of the book Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other. I do sex research. I blog at Fifty Shades of Pink and for the Huffington Post. I'm a clinician, TEDx speaker, and your resource to help start that conversation, answer your questions, and help you discover new and exciting things about sex, love, your body, and your relationships. I make no innuendos, no judgments, and certainly no apologies, just fearless, straight-up talk about sex. I guarantee it will be illuminating, enlightening, and fun. So please stay with me. Glad you're here with me this evening. Do put the kitties to bed, as listener discretion is advised. We're going to be talking about sex, so I'm going to give you a minute or two to uh, put those kids to bed. Lock the door. Just kidding. Uh, put them to bed safely <laughs> and gently. And don't go in there when they start crying. Anyway, um, glad to be here with you tonight. I also wanted to mention, for those of you who have suffered sexual assault, sexual abuse, rape, I would like to say that you are never far from my mind, especially in this show or, or when I do the work that I do during the week. And my heart goes out to you. I have seen so many patients who have suffered as a result of this. And I imagine that there are many things in life that may trigger those horrific tragedies that occurred to you. And I uh, had uh, many, on many levels, changed your life. And I see that in my clinical practice. So this is not the way life is supposed to be. Uh, we are actually the only um, pe- m- animals, mammals, if you will, animals that are meant to enjoy sex, not just for mating purposes. So it's not meant to be violent or an aspect of um, uh, violence for anybody, and it happens far too often. Uh, It is never your fault. So to that end, I was really impressed with what I saw on Facebook recently, and I will tell you about that tonight. You see, I see many patients in my clinical practice who have been sexually abused as a child, and one woman in particular struck me this week. Uh, She looked many years older than her stated age, and she also had a number of autoimmune diseases, she was in her late 40s, but she looked much older than that. And I, and I firmly believe that, that maybe she didn't think as highly of herself. She somehow on some level felt it was her fault, which is completely wrong. Um, but when your sexual abuse is invalidated, you can actually internalize it, and your body will say no. And there's a great book out there called uh, When the Body Says No by Gabor Mate, and I, I strongly urge everybody to read that book. Uh, it's it's really uh, a very interesting perspective about when we don't have a voice. And so this particular woman was sexually abused by her mother's boyfriend when she was a child, and her mother didn't believe her. And uh, so I'm going to tell you about something that I saw on Facebook, and I, as I said, that underscored how everyone should deal with hearing the horrific and tragic news that someone you love sexually abused someone else that you love because it happens far too often. It's never the stranger in the woods. It's actually more commonly somebody that you know. So that's a very tough subject, and but there is help, and, and we need to continue that conversation. I, I heard somebody say 
on the air one day um, that, you know, what are, whatever are we going to talk about after the presidential election is over? And I thought, well, you know, the one thing we have to thank Donald Trump for is raising this issue. And, uh, and I think we need to continue this conversation. I think a lot of uh, women were awakened to the fact that they were not the only ones who have been uh, targets of sexual assault, been raped. It's a very shameful experience for people. And, and most women have had some type of an experience. So I think this is the conversation. This is what has come out of this long, protracted, bizarre, on many levels, interesting uh, presidential election. So sexual abuse, sexual assault, sexism, misogynism, discrimination, all of those issues, we need to actually raise that conversation, raise the level of the conversation, engage in dialogue, and help all of those people uh, that uh, may have had this, this tragedy, which is really will change lives. It leads to lifelong anxiety, shame, embarrassment. Uh, so I'm going to try and incorporate this into my uh, program, which runs 8 to 10 every Sunday night. So I'm so glad you're here with me tonight. We have lots to talk about on the show. First of all, welcome back. Matt, you had last weekend off? Yeah, thanks for having me back. Oh, it was Very time, refreshed after having last weekend off. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You know, it can only take so much sex. But let me tell you, <laughs> the, the uh, more sex, the people who are having sex every day are actually happier, healthier, and more creative. So I'm going to... I wish that's why I needed time off, because I was having so much sex. But unfortunately, <laughs> It's not what the case was. Well, the thing is, the sex talk is the problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's got to be more than talk. But, uh, yeah, so it's too much sex talk. But, but you know, I was, uh, of course, I talk a lot about the no-sex marriage or the sexless marriage. And uh, I was at the home show today, and I, I ran into somebody who had heard me speak out at uh, the Seniors Living conference perhaps last year and it was supposed to be 60 plus and and I think it was like 85 plus and so the people were sitting but nonetheless I'll talk and uh so I and he said you know you were up there and you were just like you know talking about well here's I hope you put the kids to bed you know well here it's this dildo I'm sure I didn't say this but anyway this is his memory (laughs) it's like you were just so matter of fact and you were just like here try this and how about that and you know these positions you've got arthritis but you can try this whatever um so anyway I think the conversation may should have happened for these people maybe 40 years before but you know lots of older people are having sex people can have sex at any time but you know, I'm just getting, it's getting harder and harder to believe that anyone's having sex. So this particular person who had been in the audience, and he was, he was about 45 years old, he said, you know, I, I'm, I'm having one of those. And I said, one of those what? And he said, I, well, I'm in one. And I said, are you in a sexless marriage? And he said, yes, I am. I've been married for about 12 years. And, you know, we really are just not having sex. And there's a number of reasons that people are not having sex. And so I know a lot of them, but you may not have thought, you probably know a lot of them too. <laughs> Email me why you're not having sex in your relationship. Tell me something I don't know. Uh, you learn all the time, and I learn so much from the listeners. So sex talk at cknw.com if you want to share why you might not be having sex. But there's another reason you may not have thought of. Antibiotics are given out like Halloween candy quite often. And so there's a new study out that demonstrates that antibiotics may destroy libido. So I'm going to be talking about that. Also going to be talking about self-esteem. Self-esteem is really important. Body image, which is why I bought my handy-dandy little thing that I don't even know what it's called. Let me look at it. (laughs) The ultimate chopper. Perfect for Halloween. (laughs) I dreamed about this. 
Okay, uh, because I actually, uh, I, I adhere to a particular way of living, um, dietary, nutritional-wise. And so you saw what I was eating for yeah, dinner tonight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you, you showed me the, your new contraption before we got started. Yes, yeah, I didn't know what it was called anyway, but I'm going to actually start cooking myself. Uh, so I had some chickpeas, and I eat a lot of vegetables, and... I was actually, I see those vegetables all chopped up in the supermarket, all nice and uniform, and and I'm jealous of them, but because uh, I can never get them that way. But also, I don't want to buy them that way in the supermarket because I feel like they're a bit grungy, you know, in that. So, anyway, this is going to chop those things. So it's I'm, not the slap chop, is it? It's not the slap. <laughs> 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 It's not the slap chop. I would have bought the slap chop and I seen the slap chop. <laughs> anyway, where's the slap chop? That would have been way more fun. But so this is a handy handy little thing. It's going to chop it all up. So I'm just going to have scoops of, you know, I can scoops of onions, scoops of mushroom, scoops of cabbage and make my egg white omelet. How exciting. Uh, in, in addition to my blog, because body image is so important around having sex and being creative in the bedroom and all of that. So I'm I actually started to add to my Fifty Shades of Pink blog a little recipe every week, the food that I eat. <laughs> so I've taken little photographs, and the first one was an egg white omelet, and then this week I have my presidential parfait coming up, which is, like, fabulous. Oh, you, that you, sounds pretty interesting. It's good, actually. Yeah, it's like whipped cream almost, sort of. You've got to use your imagination. Anyway, so we're going to be talking about the selfie and self-esteem and the unexpected link that those two have. Also at 8.30, Dave Teixeira of Dave.ca Communications joins me to talk about Tinder. There are so many Tinder surprises out there, and Dave is going to share one mother's story about her Tinder surprise about her daughter. Uh, Lots of you email me about your erectile dysfunction and other issues, and uh, I'm going to be talking about some of those other issues too, but the erectile dysfunction, I have some exercises for you guys. I know I see a lot of patients in my clinical practice. They present with erectile dysfunction. I, you know, I Go back to basics. It's about your weight, your sugar con, con- uh, your sugar consumption, your alcohol consumption, how much exercise you're doing, what your abdominal growth is, your blood pressure, all of those things. And so we've got to get all of those things down in order to get that little member up. Uh, so, but uh, something else is some exercises that you can do. <laughs> you can do to um, improve things down there with your member. And that <laughs> I'm using the term member tonight. That's for somebody out there, okay? Somebody who is going to be listening. I thought it was the new Halloween lingo or something like that. <laughs> no, it's the members. Anyway, the members know who they are. <laughs> and so I said, can I mention you guys on the air? And they said, no. So I said, I'm just going to, the members know who they are. Anyway, 9 o'clock, Captain Scotty of the Jeff O'Neill Show is here to talk about relationships, help help you with your relationship problem. So please call us, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. I'm extremely interested to see what Scotty has to say about relationships. Listen, you know, <laughs> we <laughs> I'm terrible at them, so we may as well. Um, we may as well bring in the troops for, for that. So I, I'm looking forward because I, I love Scotty. I think he's hilarious. And uh, I've, I've sent him some of the great emails that you have sent to me. Uh, very interesting things I may never have heard of before, and so he's going to weigh in on on some of those. But also uh, give us a call, or, and I want to mention the uh, Vancouver Women's Conference as well. And I'm so excited, Matt, that you're going to be there. Oh, I cannot wait! You were dying to see what cannot Matt looked like. It's going to be at the Fairmont <laughs> Pacific Rim on November 12th. And I got to be wearing my new suit too. Fantastic! Woohoo! Okay, and uh, really hot. 
Uh, but you can, uh, if you email me tonight, sextalk at cknw.com, I will send you two free tickets. So email me, sextalk at cknw.com. It's November 12th at the Fairmont Pacific Rim. It comes with a nasty woman drink, cocktail at the uh, end of the day. We're gonna, we have lots of, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about it later because we have to go to break, but uh, I'd love to have you come down there because we're going to be having that conversation, those important conversations that we need to have about sexism, misogynism, but men are welcome too. This is not anti-male. I love men. Don't get me wrong in any way. Don't ever think that for a second. Um, so men are welcome to come as I think men need to, well, good men need to participate in the conversation as well. So when I come back, I'm going to be talking about why you should or shouldn't take antibiotics and what it might do to your libido. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Happy Halloween, by the way. We have uh, 24 hours. I'm going to try not to have any candy whatsoever over this. Boring. I know. I know. But it's, it's my downfall. It's my total weakness in life. Chocolate. Like somebody offered me some chocolate the other night. And I said, no, thank you. And he said, no, no, just have one. I said, I can't have one. I will have 60. And <laughs> so that's why you didn't take any of my Halloween candy, because no, there didn't. was no chocolate in it. No, it gives me power. And I said, no, I will not. I cannot have one. He said, well, I will not let you have any more. And I said, Do you, you know, the, nothing can get between a woman and chocolate. Uh, anyway, a guy said, that's why we give women chocolate and then back away. I think that's good advice. Um, antibiotics. You know, we give antibiotics out like candy as well. Uh, people will go to the doctor with a cold, which is a virus generally, and ask for antibiotics. And, you know, generally they go after about a week or um, 10 days maybe after suffering with that. A cold is with you one week coming, one week with you, and one week going. So you may have this sense that the antibiotics that you got your doctor to prescribe for you to get you out of the office helped you because of the timing that you went in, but generally they don't. If you don't have a fever, you likely don't have an infe- a bacterial infection that uh, would require antibiotics. But there's something else that a lot of women do, a couple of things that I see quite a bit of. Uh, women will have symptoms of a, of a urinary tract infection. So they'll have frequency or urgency or burning or itching, and they will automatically assume that they have a urinary tract infection. So they go to the doctor, and before the culture has come back, negative or positive, they go on antibiotics. And quite often, that culture can come back negative, especially if a woman's vaginal pH is out of balance. So that's another thing. You should always wait to have the positive culture before you take the antibiotics that your doctor has perhaps prescribed for you, or you have to wait. Uh, So there's another reason that women take antibiotics. There's many reasons that women take antibiotics, but another one uh, is that women take them after they have sex, because a lot of women will get an infection of some sort after they have sex. So they automatically go to the antibiotic. But this may have an impact on your libido. Some people, there's a controversy that libido decreases as a result of aging. I beg to differ. I think libido decreases as a result of the longer the term, the relationship. Uh, but so, but that happens to be associated with aging because as your relationship gets older, so do you. So, um, so that's a little bit controversial. I think it's very complex why libido decreases, and there's many, many reasons. But I I know I work with some gastroenterologists and they tell me that a lot of women in their 20s and 30s actually come into their clinical practice and they have lots of 
uh, gastrointestinal problems. They may have um, bloating and gas, uh, constant yeast infections, brain fog, fatigue, joint pain, anxiety, uh, food cravings. And this can be uh, a manifestation of an imbalanced microbiome. It's, the condition is actually called dysbiosis. And so it can, it's part of the GI tract. We actually have good bacteria in the gut. And those, that good bacteria helps to you to digest your food, synthesize important vitamins, and that the body doesn't necessarily make on their own from the food that you consume. It also neutralizes certain compounds, and it helps to maintain the integrity of your gut so that your, the nutrients can actually get absorbed into the body, but the toxins are kept out. So the bacteria we've learned over 100 years is, or the last hundred years, is that it's good for you and helps people to remain healthy. You, it's also important that your vagina has a balanced microbiome as well, and that is helpful for a healthy, satisfying sex life. It also helps to prevent sexually transmitted infection uh, risk or lowers your sexually transmitted infection risk, and it can also ma- help to maintain uh, or keep the fetus safe during pregnancy. Um, So that's the lactobacillus uh, that is in the vagina that uh, produces uh, acid that repels that bacteria, that bacteria that's not good for us. And you you see those in sexually transmitted infections. So for people who are taking uh, antibiotics, uh, it may actually, what it does is it actually kills the good bacteria as well. And so that it lowers your defense against getting certain infections like like even yeast infections and um, other other types of um, infections that you may that may hit your gut that kind of thing so this overuse of antibiotics is this cause and even just being five days of on a broad spectrum antibiotic which is kind of the general one cover a lot of different bacteria may destroy up to one third of your essential microbes and those microbes are what you need to maintain that healthy environment. And here's the kicker. There's no guarantee that those will ever grow back. And in fact, what happens is uh, less desirable pathogenic bacteria grows back and yeast overgrows as well. And so that will bring more bloating, more gas, more uh, food cravings, autoimmune disorders, Um, rashes, the joint pain. So it'll bring all of those things back when you don't have the, um, when you don't have the, the, the good biome, the good microbiome in your gut or in your vagina. So we have so many, as I said, antibiotics being overprescribed these days for upper respiratory tract infections when they are actually um, viruses, not bacterial infections. If you have pneumonia, that's something entirely different. Um, but but there's been some estimates that about half of the prescriptions that are provided to patients are unnecessary. Uh, this overprescription, overprescribing of antibiotics can wreak havoc on your sex life. And it's a common practice of taking antibiotics after intercourse to prevent urinary tract infections. So a lot of women get urinary tract infections after having sex. A lot of people try uh, to void. They'll void right after sex. To be honest with you, there's no evidence to support uh, that voiding after sex will reduce your risk of a urinary tract infection. But 
Um, if it works for you, do not stop. It's fine. But if you're sexually active, especially if you're, you know, the energetic type, uh, bacteria from the anus and the groin, because those uh, bacteria live in the groin as well, they gain access to the bladder through the urethra, and that may cause a temporary increase in that microbial load that results in inflammation or cystitis. Honeymoon cystitis is is um, one of those um, very known common ones. But more than half of the urinary tract infections in perimenopausal women occur within 24 hours of having sex. So this is something that we have to think about. So um, uh, it's a a complex issue, but you must uh, remember that all those preventative doses of antibiotics can add up. It depletes your body. You may be at greater risk for getting more infections, and it may lower your libido. When I come back, we're going to be talking about Tinder Surprises. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Happy Diwali to all of you out there celebrating that today. I'm Maureen McGrath. Uh, We're talking sex here, but you know, uh, sex is related to everything. So I talk about everything related to sex. And one thing, uh, our lives are focusing more and more around social media, especially around Facebook and you can you can learn a lot from Facebook, but it can also drive you a bit crazy. One of the most common postings on Facebook is the 45-year-old woman who takes a selfie. I've asked some 45-year-old women, why do you take those selfies all the time? <laughs> and they're like, well, because I think I look good. And I'm like, okay, well, why do you care if other people like, li-? and they want to see how many likes they get. And I'm like, well, why do you care? And they're like, well, it just makes me feel good. Uh, so there's a new research out from uh, the telematic. Um, I just want to get the uh, the telematics and informatics publication, the journal um, that uh, showed that there is some uh, tie to self-esteem and selfie taking, but it isn't necessarily what you think. A lot of people think that selfie taking is tied to low self-esteem, but it not it isn't necessarily. This study focused on people lurking on social media, so those people creeping uh, out there, just checking out everyone's life. And you know who doesn't post the most perfect pictures in the most beautiful settings with the most fabulous car that belongs to someone else behind you. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> that's what people are posting. And so some people believe that baloney. They think, oh, those people have the most perfect life. Um, and they everything is so amazing. They always look that way. And that's just definitely not true. Uh, so lurking rather than observing, lurking is, is observing, sorry, rather than taking part. So um, when you're lurking around and looking at other people's perfect lives or selfies, that can be tied to uh, self-esteem or life satisfaction. Uh, so the more often people looked at selfies, whether they were their owns or own or other people's, the lower their self-esteem and life satisfaction. So I think as people looking at other people's selfies and thinking, oh my gosh, he's so beautiful or he's so good looking and look at, look at how great they look and their life must be all together. And it just doesn't work for anybody. It just doesn't happen. Uh, people usually post selfies when? When they're having a great time. You know, somebody I saw on Facebook, she posted a uh, picture of herself in her Halloween costume and uh, um, and then she said, this is the how I looked. Be, just remember, this is how I looked before I went to the party and had all, drank all that alcohol. <laughs> so you can imagine what she's going to look like afterward, right? I actually just saw one of my friends post the exact same thing <laughs> and she had this beautiful makeup and it was like yeah. feathers in her eyes and it was gorgeous. <laughs> 
And then I just saw her post-party photo, and I was oh like, my wow. Gosh. Yeah, it's yeah. a good thing that you showed us that, Slight because difference. now we know. Exactly. There is a commercial on TV. It's hilarious about these, these four girls, and they look fabulous, and they're all dressed up in beautiful cocktail dresses, and then they go out and have the drinks, and the you know the shoes are just in the mud, and you know they... Uh, go through puddles or just and not on your drunk. feet at all, right? It's a, like, yeah, it's just you know, it just can uh, go to hell in a handbasket rather rapidly. But selfie viewing is good for some because uh, it doesn't have negative implications for everybody. The people with the greatest desire to be popular had higher self esteem and life satisfaction if they looked at more selfies. So uh, I'm hoping I'm looking at, I am looking at a lot of selfies, but I'm judging them. I'm like, why are you doing that? But anyway, um, it's their inner desire to look more popular. I did win most popular, I want to mention, in high school. I don't know if I've mentioned that before. <laughs> but I uh, didn't win most likely to succeed, uh, but most popular because I like to have fun. Um, so while looking at selfies is related to poor outcomes, taking them might not be so bad for you because taking them when you're smiling is actually a good thing, and that's linked to feeling good and feeling confident, and feeling confident and comfortable is the most sexiest thing. Speaking of sexy and uh, Tinder and all of that, we have Dave.ca of uh, Dave Tashira of Dave.ca Communications on the line. Your guru, your uh, social media expert extraordinaire. Hello, Dave. That is the best intro. I, I, that's why I love coming on this show. It's just awesome, Maureen. You so much. You, you're like the verbal selfie for me. You make me feel good. There. Oh, perfect. That, I like to make people feel good. You know that is that is true, and that that's a problem. You know, it can get you into trouble. You like to make people feel good, and then they don't. You know, they they kind of think they've got you eating out of their hand whenever they want to. And you know what, people, that is not the case. <laughs> With me, I'm toughening up. So, how are you, Dave? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you very much. You know, uh, we're going to talk about a Tinder surprise to a a mother that you were speaking to recently. But there was something on Facebook that I saw that was disturbing to me, and it was a picture of three children, and it was a call out for a babysitter. And you know, and it was like, you know, you just don't know. I mean, I actually don't. I, you know, I have so many Facebook friends. (laughs) I've never met any of them. Uh, You know. So you wouldn't actually, um, that's not true, I've met about a handful of them, but, you know, you don't necessarily know who's connected and who's sharing it, and, and you know, to let someone know that potentially three children are, are going to be alone or with a young babysitter, it's, I think it's risky, don't you think? I think people forget that on, on social media, you're not just speaking to a small group of, of friends, uh, because, you know, if you look at the average count that we all have, it's about a thousand friends. And, and, and I'm very similar, Maureen. Like, I have, you know, a 1,000 or maybe even more, 1,500 Facebook friends, many of whom I might have met at conferences or uh, who've heard me on the radio or seen me on TV, and they'll, they'll friend me, and I'll friend them back because that's good for my business. That's good for my brand. That's good for other projects. But I don't really know them. And the problem is if you forget that, then you start posting really, really personal uh, information such as, hey, I need a babysitter. Here are the three little rugrats you're going to be looking after. That's not really exactly. a great way of doing it. And, and this is coming from a guy who's not really a, a, an awesome parent to begin with. So if I'm <laughs> saying it's not good, that's probably a good measure to, uh, to take home with and say, you know what, maybe that's not a good thing. Exactly. But you were telling me as well about another mother, and sometimes um – Parents don't understand social media. They don't understand how it works. They don't understand what happens. They don't understand the risk. They don't understand, 
anything about it. And so therefore, the, the ignorance is bliss, and they just allow their kids to do things where they imagine in their head that their kid is doing one thing when their child is actually doing something else. So tell me the story about the mother of the 18-year-old that you met recently. Yeah, that's a great line, the tender surprise that I, <laughs> that I use. So for, for about the last six weeks, seven weeks, I've been touring across Canada doing all sorts of talks uh, back and forth and back and forth. And typically at the end of the conferences or the talks, there's usually a cocktail party. People always come up to me and ask me different uh, questions or share their experiences. And uh, about a week ago, this mom came up to me and said, you know what, one thing you didn't talk about was Tinder. And I said, well, yeah, you know, we're at a business conference. I normally don't bring up Tinder. She goes, well, I don't know why, because my daughter, my 18-year-old daughter uses Tinder all the time. And she finds all these great new friends, and she's going out with these new friends three, four times a week. It's oh, just my awesome. Gosh. And I'm about, I said to her, are you willing just... for me to, do, to turn your world upside down? She goes, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, you know, whatever you want. So I now, of course, have to explain what Tinder is. And for those of you who may not quite know, uh, Tinder is often referred to as a dating app. And basically the premise is a picture will come up on the screen and, or on your, on, your, on your smartphone, et cetera, and you swipe right if you would like to, I'm doing air quotes right now, Maureen, date this person, or left if you do not. So let me be really clear. This is not a dating site. This is a hookup site. Uh, this is for pretty much, and I know, I, I almost hope I get calls here, uh, is this almost exclusively for just having a brief and quick sexual encounter with someone else. Um, and a lot of people will use the, this app if they're visiting cities. So for example, during Olympic times, being in Sochi in 2012, or, or sorry, 20, when was it, 14, or, or uh, in Brazil this past year, people will use this app and to, 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 to you know, hook up with the local uh, talent, I suppose. So well, anyways, I tried to explain this to the mom and she was just mortified. And uh, this brought other people talking about their experiences. And uh, it's just fascinating what people can bring to the table. Now, what's interesting about Tinder is about about 80% of the people on Tinder are millennials. So this is really speaking to this generation who, 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 who wants to have uh, either uh, relationships or friendships, as the mom was telling me. Uh, it's, it's just a, a quick and easy way. I mean, way back in the days, you would you'd open up, say, a newspaper like the Georgia Strait and look down in the uh, – you know, in the uh, personal section, and, and then from there, go on your way. But that, that's way too much work. Whereas Tinder, it's a quick right, a quick left, and you can connect with the uh, uh, person of your dreams for the evening. Yeah, that, so that's just amazing. She had no idea. I guess the daughter, she maybe thought the daughter was coming out of her shell? Yeah, but, and, uh, you know, I, I, I tried not to be too too rough until, uh, uh, you know, other people were jumping in and they were offering their, oh, yeah, yeah totally. I, I, you know, people were offering their own experience. Oh, yeah, I go on there. If I want a quick hookup, I just use that. So this mom was just mortified right. uh, that this, this, this was it. But now we, we have to understand that technology is more than, and I know this might come as a surprise to you, Maureen, technology can be used for more than just sex. And, but Tinder. No, huh? Yeah, well, the way I explained it to the mom is, because she said, well, no, my daughter's insisting that it's for friendship. And I said, Tinder is to friendship like someone going to a strip joint is to admire the dancing. Yeah, you probably could, but there's far better places to do that, and it's probably not the case. So if you're going on Tinder to find a friend to go to the theater with, right. that's probably really not what you're doing. 
now, nonetheless, did the daughter she, think she was going uh, to meet friends? I mean, um, you know, well, I, 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 she is I, I, eighteen, this, right? I said this first. Could you please follow up? Because I said I'm going to go on Maureen McGrath's show at the end of the month, and she, uh, <laughs> I was in a different province, so I had to explain. Maureen, I apologize who you were. They didn't said, know oh, me. Oh my God! Please don't talk about this. And I said, Well, I won't give your name. I'm not that stupid. But it's it's a fascinating story because I think a lot of times. Uh, and, and this mom, by the way, she's maybe, I would say, in her early 40s. So it's not like she's completely oblivious. Uh, she's, she's fairly tech savvy. But there's so many different services that are out there. Now, let me be clear. I'm not making commentary on whether Tinder is good or bad. This is something that if you decide you're going to go in, use a piece of, of uh, technology or you're going to use an app, you should at least know what it is. And I'm pretty sure, I'll be quite frank with you, I'm quite sure the 18-year-old knew exactly what she was doing. I think it's the 40-something mom who was uh, Den- oblivious to Denial her. is a drug too, right? But the yeah, other thing exactly. is, you know, uh, just to play devil's advocate here, I honestly, I mean, I come across a lot of people and a lot of people have met on Tinder. They they may maybe they started out uh, that they wanted to hook up, but then they ended up hooked up. They ended up staying together. So I, I have certainly heard stories of that. And I and I sure. did have a patient who was late thirties, and she put out. She was so tired of men on there just looking for sex that she said the same thing. I've told the story before. She just said, you know, professional woman, late thirties, looking for sex, and she got five hundred responses. And she'd sit at night, glass of wine, go through all the responses, you know, and she chose the guy. Unfortunately, she chose the one they they. Uh, went bike riding together. They had they hiked together. They had enjoyed the same things, uh, but he was not able to have sex. He had something called Peroni's disease. He was forty two years old, and he refused to get treatment, and affected every single one of his relationships. So, you know, you just never know. Tinder surprise once again. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, like any sort of uh, uh, relationship, you can meet the person of your dreams in the weirdest spot. But if you're specifically looking for Mister or Mrs. Wright. Tinder is probably not your best place to find that. There's other Mr. or Mrs. Right for the night. That's about it, right? Yeah. I'm not being critical of it. It's just that it's kind of knowing where you're going. Absolutely. If you're you're fishing, you know, you should probably go, you know, fish in a lake and not in the middle of the woods. Exactly. In in Tinder, Tinderland, it's a very, very different thing. And don't even get me started on the app Grinder. (laughs) Okay, we'll have to do that next time. Anyway, eyes wide shut. Dave Teixeira, Dave.ca. Dave.ca Communications, thank you so much for joining me and always enlightening me and the listeners. We'll have you back next month. We'll talk about that other subject. Keep them in the dark for now. When I come back, what are the best exercises for you guys who cannot get your member in the air? I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on Newstalk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath. I was, did I mention the lady that I saw today in the dress shop? I went shopping, something different for me, uh, a different sport. Uh, and uh, so she said that she was a widow. And there was another woman actually that was in the shop as well. And she was a widow as well, young widows, both of them. But they both said that none of their friends female friends were having sex with their husbands, none of them. And I said, well, you know, uh, much like the Tinder Surprise, I bet their husbands are having sex with somebody else. And uh, so I, I, you know, I inquired a little bit more, asked the, asked the questions, made sure nobody else was in the store uh, as we're having this conversation. But, you know, was it the women, you know, I asked, was it 
low sexual desire in women. And and yes, it was. It was, for the most part, the women's choice that they didn't want to have sex with the husband. But there is something that affects a man as he ages, or it can actually affect a man, even a younger man, and that's erectile dysfunction. And I see a lot of men in my clinical practice. I want to mention, too, that I'm, I'm going to get a new site here in Vancouver very soon. So uh, stay tuned for that new location. Um, but and I'm very excited about it. But a lot of men get erectile dysfunction, and they can get embarrassed and get ashamed, and it will impact their sex life, obviously. Their little member doesn't move in the right direction or stay there once it gets there. And so there are some exercises that you can do. And one is Kegel exercises. A lot of people believe that Kegel exercises are just for women, but that's not true. So you can perform Kegel exercises. The way that you do it is you squeeze your rectal muscle. You know the muscle that prevents you from passing gas? That's the one. Squeeze that one. You squeeze two, three, hold two, three, release two, three. Squeeze two, three, hold two, three, release two, three. I hope you're all doing that with me right now. That will benefit. It will increase blood flow. Are you doing it, Matt? I just tried it. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> You're such a good board op. Aerobic exercises. There was a study in the American Journal of Cardiology that confirmed that aerobic exercise, I know you look kind of funny there in those aerobics classes. You've been in on some of mine, but that will help to cure your erectile dysfunction because erectile dysfunction is mainly caused by obesity, hypertension, or high blood pressure, and diabetes because of blood flow. It decreases in the penis. Because stress is one of the most common causes of erectile dysfunction, yoga may help you. So that'll help you decrease your stress. It'll increase your physical and mental uh, well-being as well. Swimming, one of my favorite exercises, is great. It will not only help you to treat your erectile dysfunction, but makes you feel great, and it's wonderful for mood. Uh, And that's also an aerobic exercise, but you just do it in the water. Well, why don't you just do it in the water? That would be good. Anyway, so those are some of the exercises that you might do to help your member. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Do I have to tell you that sex is good for you? That sex will actually help you to feel and be healthier, happier, and get this, more creative. Sex is one of the best things that you can do. I firmly believe that. I think uh, whether it's with yourself or somebody else, it's related to inner confidence. It helps to bring out that inner confidence. And that is why we feel so happy and rejuvenated afterward. Uh, it's It can be so much fun and it should be so much fun. And, and, and the creativity aspect of it, especially if you're having sex every single day, and there's a new study out there that says if you're having sex every single day, you are more creative. Of course, you're having it every day. You've got to just shake things up between the sheets and you have to, uh, you know, look into some other ways to play together. Uh, so as I said, confidence is sexy and you can tell those people who are having sex, you may run into them every now and again. Um, and, uh, and you, you know that they're happy, they're healthy, they, they're funny, they're smart, they're, uh, you know, they're engaging and you, they also are not stressed. They don't tend to get sick because they have a perfectly running immune system because of the sex, and that's according to WebMD. There are endless benefits of regularly engaging in steamy moments. It lowers your blood pressure, something that's vital for blood flow. It decreases your risk of heart attack, and it will also decrease stress and anxiety. You will sleep better. You will feel better. You likely will look better. There is some evidence to support that um, that sex, that 
having sex more often may also help prevent a lot of those awful cancers like prostate cancer, especially if we orgasm during our time under the sheets. Now, I'm a big pro-orgasm person. I think why, why else would you have? No. <laughs> uh, a lot of people will say, well, you know, it's okay. And you know what? It's fine. If that's the kind of sex you want to have, fondling, cuddling, touching, uh, you know, a peck over the stove, that's great. Um, if that's for you. And not everybody has to have sex. I'm not sure why you're listening to the show, but I do talk about a lot of other things. So maybe that's why you're listening to the show. But a healthy sex life means an equally healthy life. And it's it's just interesting to note that these uh, benefits just aren't having uh, an internal uh the benefits of sex are not just internal. You get a healthy glow, might have, you know, blushed cheeks, and uh, you look sexier. Beauty is on the inside out, and there's nothing hotter, hotter than a healthy person who feels just amazing as he or she may look. So it's also counts as exercise, especially if you're actually, you know, really uh, pumping and thrusting and fooling around. So that'll also increase that essential cardiovascular and muscular workout that should be done every day. So when I come back, delighted to have Captain Scotty of the Jeff O'Neill Show here on the News Talk 980 CKNW Sunday Night Sexual. I'm Maureen McGrath. Stay with me. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.